Welcome to Smack Talk, a podcast brought to you by the Sports Media and Analytics Club here at Webster University. I am Zach Goodman, alongside my co-host Jordan Smeevil, and today is Wednesday, October 4th, and today is the last regular season day of baseball, but the postseason bracket is already out. We know what the matchups are, and we are excited to break them down for you. It's the first year of this new, shiny 12-team playoff bracket. This whole year, people almost forget about this. We were talking right before this podcast started, Miguel Cabrera had 3,000 hits earlier this year. He had his 3,000th hit against the Colorado Rockies. That was you know, not 3,000 hits. That's nothing That's nothing to be uh, too quiet about. That's that's quite spectacular, but it got a little bit overshadowed this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we were talking about, it happened in, what, was that April? Yeah, April, it was a while, early yeah. May, and feels like it could have been two years ago at this point. I know. It's something you, you kind of forget about, and Miggy's kind of farewell tour, <laughs> it's almost unfortunate now thinking about it is, that Miguel Cabrera is one of the greatest hitters of all time, especially from the right side of the plate. And it just so happens that, you know, maybe one of the two greatest right-handed hitters, of maybe the greatest right-handed hitter of all time uh, in Albert Pujols is also retiring this year. And he's decided to go on an absolute tirade and hit 703 home runs and do all this thing. So, you know, you kind of forget about it. And then you have a mammoth in New York hitting 62 home runs this year. Uh, so you kind of forget about Miguel Cabrera, who is the last Triple Crown winner, we're trying to see Aaron Judge pull it off this year. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It'll be interesting but. to see if he's going to be in the lineup today. I don't. I don't know if Judge will be in the lineup after he played so many games consecutively trying to chase down this record. So we'll see. I'm glad he got it. That would have yeah, been really was, unfortunate did, if did he you didn't. you see the, the video yesterday with the guy? He hit the home run and the guy jumped down from the ledge. Yeah, and, and he didn't end up getting it. He didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, initially I saw that video and I was like, okay, that's the guy who got it because I thought it went down there too. Right. So you know, we made the same read. I would have, if I was out there, I'd probably would have ended down in that well without the ball as well, I guess. Albert Pujols, what he's done is something that we're going to tell our kids about and, and our grandchildren about. And you don't want to take it for granted. I know, you know, I'm 22, you're 21. In regard to a lot of other people, we've had a ton of baseball watching years. But the fact that we got to watch our entire lives, basically, Albert Pujols play, is something that, you know, like I said, we're going to tell our grandkids about. Right. And well, the problem with me, like being a Cubs fan, I never really got to appreciate Albert because I was just too busy, like hating on him. But now that I've gotten older, I can appreciate the game a lot more and appreciate what he's done, appreciate what... Yadier Molina's done so now kind of just appreciating all everything that's gone on with the Cardinals this year even though you don't have to like him but you can still appreciate and respect everything that's happened this season mm-hmm. and it's like Yadi and Wainwright I think Wayno will probably end up coming back if, if I had to guess but I mean who knows you never know uh, that was the one that everyone always said he would now we hope Albert comes back but right probably won't happen whatever hope he does but Yadier Molina and, and Wainwright obviously two incredible careers as well when they pulled all three of them from the game the other day in their last home game and they walked off the field obviously super special to any St. Louis fan anyone who really appreciates baseball it's really special I watch as much baseball as almost anyone and as I was watching it I was kind of like I was like I feel like we should just be taking Albert Pujols off at the same time just because what he had done was so spectacular and that's not taking away anything from Yadier Molina and not that they should have been taken off at the same time but it's just you almost forget that Yachty and Wainwright were done too because of what Albert's done at the end of his career. Well, and he, a couple innings before that, he hit a, a home run that I mean, looked like classic Albert Pujols. Just cannot stop hitting home runs here in the month of September. It's nuts. It's it's incredible. It's 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 truly remarkable, and hopefully, it continues into the postseason. We're in St. Louis, so I know you you're you're probably not rooting for the Cardinals <laughs> as a Cubs fan, but uh, I hope they make it far just to you know see how many more at bats Albert can get and see if he can continue this hot streak into the playoffs. 
Here's, yeah, I want sure. I want your opinion on it because I actually haven't asked you about this. What's the significance of the number? Well, sixty-one and now sixty-two to you is that how important is it? Or do you are you a Barry? Are you I, one of those? I'm guys a Barry that, Bonds stand. Okay. I still think Barry has a record, but what Judge has done is remarkable, and he's hit the most home runs for a guy not considered to be taking steroids. So it's definitely very significant, especially uh, when he plays for the New York Yankees, the marquee franchise in all of sports. Just to see all the hoopla and like the status around it was incredible and man I was getting worried there for a second he wasn't going to do it the pressure you could tell the pressure was getting to him a little bit and then I saw the video last night after he hit the home run his mom like barely could stand up because she was so like relieved she she barely was even smiling she was just so relieved that it finally happened yeah and, <laughs> and so was Roger Maris Jr. who could probably go back to work now after like three weeks <laughs> I know he, he got his uh, five minutes of fame there Roger right. Maris Jr. for what his what his father did he was very active on on Twitter and you know for a, a little bit there everyone was quote sports center was putting up what Roger Maris Jr. had to say in a lot of aspects I agree about it to me everyone kept bringing up the American League record which obviously it is the American League record. I don't really, especially now that the DH is right. in That's both universal, I, was, right. I don't put too much value in like, oh, American versus National League records. I think it's just records in general. But I think the value lies in the fact that he didn't cheat. Right. You know, he's the only guy who's ever hit 62 home runs without taking some type of human growth hormone or steroid, at well, least getting caught. And I, Obviously, Aaron Judge is an enormous human being, right. but he's always been an enormous human being. It's not like Barry Bonds, where he was a tiny little guy, and then you know, next right. thing you know, he's a mammoth. Well, he's such an easy guy to root for. You could root for Barry Bonds, you could root for Sammy Sosa, but it was hard because of what the they got accused of and what they got caught with. But but Aaron Judge is a super humble guy, and he's not like he, he has a lot of swagger to him, but he doesn't take on like the New York cockiness to him. He's just super humble, goes about his business. And Sixty two happens. Yep, he did it the right way, and we've talked about this before, and you know, the record, in my opinion, is still Barry Bonds. Yeah. It is. But there's still, in my opinion, also a ton of significance to this record. I don't think it's just the American League record, and people who are trying to say, you know, which one is which is greater, in my opinion, they're, I think they're both the home run games. Both records have tons of significance, and what Aaron Judge this year should not be taking with Randy for, and obviously the Barry Bonds, the greatest hitter of all time, cheater or not, he's the best who ever put up the bat to the ball right. consistently. It was, you know, spectacular. And there's never going to be anyone like him, but I still think there's a lot of significance in Sitsi too. Right. Yeah, well, the one thing that like kind of annoyed me about it all was like people just not appreciating Judge's greatness. They were just so quick to kind of shoot down the fact that, oh, it's it's just 62 home runs. It's only the seventh most all time. Why are we celebrating it? Well, it's a very significant number, and why can't we just appreciate greatness? Yeah, and especially before the year, this seems like ages ago, is there was the lockout. Right. And we didn't even know if we were going to get baseball this year, and it's a it's a damn good thing we did because, you know, all the, this is a historic season. And uh, the lockout also brought us this new 12-team playoff. So we'll see how that works out, and we're, we're going to jump into that immediately. You know, it's it's all getting started in the American League. That's what we're going to go with. And everything's, everything's clinched up now. And the first matchup we're going to talk about is Tampa and Cleveland. All right? So Tampa, been in the... Postseason now five consecutive years. Their staple consistency. What is this? Their eighth or ninth in the last 11, yeah, 12 eight, years. Eighth since two thousand eight. Yeah, they've been they've been constantly in the playoffs. You know, you, you just got to give them credit for what they've done. Yeah, they're just a model of consistency. I think the one the one issue they might have is they only have two guys with over twenty homers in Rosarena and 
Isaac Paredes. So if they can't hit home runs, they might have an issue winning seven game series, especially if they have to go to New York and they're lucky enough to win in Cleveland. But uh, they have the pitching behind it. Shane McClanahan, Cy Young Cannon having a great season. One thing that's worried me about him is he's gone out of starts with a couple injuries a few times here in the last month or two. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in the postseason. Yeah, the big wild card with them is Tyler Glass now. Yep. When he has been healthy, and he hasn't been at all this year, he's had one appearance, um, obviously coming off um, the surgery he had. And before he left a couple of years ago, he was not just the uh, Rays' best starter, he was you know a top-five starter in baseball. Right. You're Like you said, he's the X factor. He has a 1-5 ERA and only six innings pitch, so obviously it's not a very big sample size, but... If you can get him going, even if it's out of the bullpen, he's definitely a weapon that they can utilize. Yeah, 100%. And it will be interesting to see how they use him because obviously you don't want to push him too hard and you have a little three-game set, which is you know also be interesting to see how managers kind of do this entire series. I have no idea how. Well, it's something we've never out. seen before, the three-game set that's only being played in one ballpark in, the, in Cleveland's ballpark for this case. So uh, the Rays are... At a little bit of a disadvantage home field-wise, but that hasn't stopped them in previous years. Yep, and whenever you look at Rays rosters, you're kind of yeah, like, very underwhelmed. But if you don't look at the statistics, if you don't know a lot about baseball and you just look at their roster, you're like, why are they here? And it's like that every year, but they keep pulling up guys that are really good and everyone keeps coming through. And they're just one of those teams that they're so good at scouting that every single guy that comes up, it's like them, the Dodgers, uh, the A's have times when they do this where it's like every single guy that they pull up turns into a stud, a stud. Right. And then if, if they trade them, they're going to get back some studs and the guy that they traded is no longer a stud. Right. It's like, it's, that's almost how it works. Well, and I think they're really well positioned here for a three game series. When you have three, uh, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs. Drew Rasmussen as, actually took a, uh, perfect game into the ninth inning this year and has had a great year so they're well positioned to win a three-game series i don't know how well positioned they are to win a five or seven game series but uh i wouldn't be surprised at all if they went into cleveland and won this yeah i wouldn't i i almost kind of favor them in this series i think they're the better team than cleveland i think cleveland is a team that's just so it's just like a giant question mark to me. Just most of the year they were not good, and then they started. You know, after the All Star break, started playing really well. They've won twenty three of their last twenty nine. I know. That's so. what I'm saying. Is they they've really started to turn it on, uh, and they've had a lot of feel good stories. I, I think the entire team is kind of a feel good story. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, they're they're the youngest team in baseball. They're a year or two ahead of schedule. But when you have Terry Francona at the helm, who's a championship manager got championship experience and he's kind of had a, a lot of health issues lately so he's another reason why they're a feel good story like you said with the Rays you look at their roster and outside of like Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez you're kind of like underwhelmed just by the star power of their name which isn't a lot of star power but Andres Jimenez was an all-star this year with a 7.2 war which was good enough for six in baseball yeah, so he's one of the only incredible. guys batting over 300. Yeah, sixth in baseball. And that's just, like you said, no one really talks about Jimenez the day right. at all. And he's been great. And Quan has that high batting average. And at the start of the year, he was just, you know, tearing it up. And obviously, you can't take away Jose Ramirez. He's been, for the last six, seven years, one of the best players in baseball. Uh, it was funny because you don't really realize until he's in the home run derby that he doesn't have huge power. He's just really clutch. But. 
it's not even clutch because he hits home runs. It's right. that he is so consistent at putting the barrel on the baseball that he's not going to hit these 480-foot moonshots, but he hits so many barrels that they just start going out. Right. And he's, yeah, he's obviously one of the, the best players in baseball he has been for a while. And they just, you know, they kind of they kind of put it together when they need to. And Shane Bieber is fantastic. Right. It'll he's be interesting. Fantastic. I think a lot, there's a lot of trade rumors around him. Cleveland, obviously, in the last few years, has been known for trading their star players here before they get to a contract year to get something back for him. So, obviously, we can get into that another time. But I think a couple names you have to mention when you talk about the Guardians is uh, Tristan McKenzie. Uh, you know, he's been in the league a couple years now. But when you just look at his frame, he's one of those guys that are just kind of freaky. They throw the ball so hard with so much movement, and he looks like he could get blown over in the wind. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's crazy. And then you have McKenzie, who's had a great year, but then at the back end of the bullpen, the other guy I was gonna mention. and Emmanuel Classe, who's had 42 saves in a one three six ERA in 72 innings. So that's where I think they have the distinct advantage here in the bullpen. The Rays obviously known for their bullpen, developing those guys. But when you have a horse like that who can close games in the ninth inning or come in in the eighth and get a uh, six-out save, uh, that's where they have the distinct advantage in this series. There's a ton of talk now about throwing hard. Not even talk. It's just reality. So right. many guys throw hard nowadays. This guy's throwing cutters at over 100 miles an hour. It's insane. I, <laughs> it shouldn't even be like a thing. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know how... What, clearly not a lot of people do hit him. Uh, but I don't know how people hit him. The other thing, he's only hit one person this year. Right. So it's he's like he's wild. 10. He knows where it's no, going. No, he knows where it's going and it's 101 and it's cutting. Right. And you have so, no chance. Yeah. Good luck. One three six ERA, a two eighty one ERA plus. That means he's almost three times better than the average major league reliever. That's one of the best, you know, ERA pluses you've ever seen. I had to look up what Eric Gagne did when he won the Cy Young. I want to see what his was. As I looked that up, you know, who do you kind of favor in this series? I, I've been going back and forth because I think the three game set, all the games in Cleveland is a, a big deal for Cleveland, especially as a young team who don't, doesn't have that playoff experience, but they get to play at home. But it's kind of hard to go against Tampa Bay when they've been the model of consistency for the last five or six years, and they can go in there with a Cy Young candidate in Game 1. And here's the thing. If Cleveland loses Game 1 with Bieber on the mound, they're in trouble, whereas I think if McClanahan loses Game 1, they can still bounce back. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay here to go into to win this series and go into New York. I like Tampa Bay too, and uh, we actually, you and I just both talked about before we started doing this podcast, is that sometimes we come, become too agreeable on things, and a lot of it spawns from the fact that you and I do a ton of our sports talk together, Right. and I said, hey, I don't think we're going to agree on a lot of stuff as much this this breakdown, but sure enough, first time, we both well, picked Tampa. One for one. Yep, one for one. Can't I'm break sure, it up. I'm sure we'll, Cleveland will probably win. Yeah, that's, <laughs> based on our record of uh, MLB. Well, especially baseball picks. Right. I bragged about my football picks the last couple of days, but you know our MLB picks have just been horrendous. Uh, <laughs> and that's the sport we know the most about. <laughs> exactly, we brag about it. We're so excited to talk about it. We spend all our time watching it. And that just goes to show you, that baseball, anything can happen. Uh, or maybe we just, you know, aren't as smart as we uh, like to think we are. We didn't even talk about last year, bringing you know, up bad baseball picks. We didn't even talk about the Braves, and we I think we talked about this in a podcast a couple times after. We didn't even talk about the Braves. We were running short on time, and I was like, all right, whoever wins this Giants Dodgers, it was right before Giants Dodgers game five when we were recording it. I'm like, all right, whoever wins this series, like this series is gonna 
they're going to beat the Braves. Right. Like those both to the both those teams looked so unbelievable, and you know, sure enough, Braves twenty twenty one World Series champs, and now they're even better. Yep. Last thing before we move on, I looked up the the Eric Gagne year. He had a three thirty seven ERA plus to Emmanuel Classe's two eighty one. So he's really not that far off. And that was when uh, the last reliever to win the Cy Young was Eric Gagne. That was in two thousand and three. He's one of nine who have ever done it. So really rare company of a reliever. Don't know if it's even really possible anymore for a right. reliever to win a Cy Young. But Which you would think it would be. It would be possible just because of how vital bullpens are nowadays. Like you barely see starters. Outside of your one and two starters, your three, four, fives, they're not going more than five innings usually. I, I agree with that, but I think a big part of it is that war is such a, a major consideration now when people vote for the MVP and the Cy Young and a guy who doesn't pitch as many innings. I know they're big innings at the end of games, but so many analytical people now, don't, uh, who cares what inning it is, right. still put up the they same these the, numbers. The first inning is just right. more Exactly. And, I mean, in a sense, I think there's a lot of, obviously there's a ton of pressure of being the guy with the game on the line. I just don't think a reliever, unless they're a lawn reliever type of guy, will ever, I don't know if they'll ever again, unless they, you know, throw like 70 shutout innings, I don't know, Right. Uh, really have too much of a shot over these guys that a, a horse like Sandy Alcantara but like the so last five years, we've seen how important bullpens are to winning World Series. If you don't have those two or three horses in the back end of your bullpen, you're you're in trouble. I agree. I agree. And there's no there's no discounting their importance. I just don't know if they'll ever be able to win a Cy Young. Right. Uh, again, it would be it would be really tough to do. The winner of that series uh, will go on to Houston. You want to break down Houston now, or you want to go to the they next to series? And then they go to New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. You're right. They do go to New York. They go to New York. You want to break down New York right now, or do you want to go move on to Seattle, Toronto, and then kind of move on from there? We just break down New York. Okay. All right. Get us going. A lot of people like New York. They've had a good season. A lot of ups and downs. I'm really worried about them. I don't. I think they can make it to the ALCS, but I don't think they're making it past that series. To me, it's just like Aaron Judge and then who? You have John Carlo. You have Rizzo, LeMahieu. None of the, these guys have been out for a lot of the year in and out of the lineup. If they can get hot, then they're a World Series contending team. But until then, they're in trouble. And then they're starting pitching. To me, there's a lot, of, still a lot of question marks. Garrett Cole's had a fine year, but we know the past few years, his track record in the playoffs. And then a lot of question marks with Nasser Cortez and Jamison Tyone, Luis Severino, who are good pitchers, but we haven't seen them do it in the playoffs yet. And that's mm-hmm. a whole different game to me. Yeah, but them losing Michael Kane earlier this year was was kind of you know, really right. dreadful for them. They came out of the gates and it was like, this is the Yankees team. Yeah, they they looked right. unbeatable. I thought they were going to beat the 27 Yankees record. Exactly. You know, a lot of things have come off. Clay Holmes has looked hittable at times, which at, earlier in the year was, you know, it was like Blake Trinan, you know, in right. 2017, 2018, whatever it was, when he was unhittable. That's kind of what Clay Holmes looked like. And they now just had he's, so many injuries. I don't know if yeah. they're going to be able to make up for it. And, you know, we'll see if Wani Peralta can pitch and we'll see, you know, there's, they, the thing is they do have so many guys, so many above average arms that I think they'll keep them afloat. And they have the uh, star power in the lineup too. Yeah. I also think you'd rather play the winner of Cleveland and Tampa compared to Seattle right. and especially Toronto. Um, so I think that does favor them personally. I think they'll get out of this round, whether it's Tampa or Cleveland. I think they're okay. I think if we recorded this a few months ago, we'd be loving, you know, salivating over the Yankees. Right. We'd probably be picking them in the World Series. I don't know what you're going to do, but I think this team is kind of 
fallen off a, a, a tad, but I still it's think just crazy because so they're a hundred win team. Yeah, but there's still so much talent. I, <laughs> right. It's just usually such a start. I still think they they're an ALCS team, and you know anything that happens, and they can they can get a 100%. big boost too. They have um, obviously Matt Carpenter, mm-hmm. Matt Carpenter possibly coming back, Ben Attendee coming back. If they get those two guys back, and they can be even a little bit of what they were earlier in the season, that's a big plus as well. But they also have guys that have been there too, right? You know, Rizzo's been to the World Series. You know, Josh Donaldson. They've been around for a while, and it's not something they're going to kind of shy away from. Even the guys who haven't made it, to, you know, super super far in the playoffs, Stanton and uh, Lemayhew. You know, these are guys that they have experience and they're not going to shy away from a moment like that. Uh, so I still think there's so much talent on this team that they can't be disregarded. A hundred win team being disregarded. We're just right. talking about that. It's just, they've had a slow <laughs> and second half. the Yankees half. being disregarded. Like, yeah, they've had a slow second half. Um, but I think this team kind of falls into n- another one of those long lines. And, you know, now they'll probably go win it now that we're saying this. Right. But <laughs> they kind of fall into like those long line of Yankees teams that we're used to over the recent years that are really, really good, but they're not going to get over the hump in the playoffs. Right. That's kind of what I see out of this. Especially team. if Aaron Judge goes cold here, which mm-hmm. I mean, he has obviously they haven't been really been pitching to him the last few weeks, but he also hasn't gotten a ton of hits, even though he did break the record. So if he goes cold in the playoffs, then I think they're they're in deep trouble. That would become an issue. I think them running into Cleveland or Tampa helps them out a lot. Yeah, but I agree. Uh, especially having home field advantage and especially now that it's not just a one game wild card is that these teams are going to have to use their pitching to, right. to get through that first round and I think that plays a, a major impact in one of the National League well, like, division series when we get there. Right but, and the, the example of those guys if Cleveland and Tampa Bay go three games then the Yankees are going to see they're probably going to see that one of those teams number four starters in game one and that guy's going to go up against Garrett Cole. I mean that's a distinct advantage. Yep, and then even when they're they're one and two turn around, you know, it's who for Cleveland or Tampa, whatever side it is, they're not probably gonna be able to turn around and pitch game five right. if it goes that late. And if they do, then they're on short rest, and then are they gonna turn around and pitch game one? And they, it really just three game set. You know that's why it was so important for the Braves right. to to beat out the Mets is not playing that three game set is huge. It's uh, having a buy in these playoffs is bigger than the same playoff style this is the same bracket that football does well did right and it was not as much of an advantage in football when you had that buy compared to it is in baseball just because the matchups are going to be right different. and like you said it'll be with those wildcard teams they have a disadvantage going into the ds if they make it with their staffs but the yankees at this point they're they play their last game today and then they're not going to play again until tuesday mm-hmm. that's a lot of time off which it does set up your staff, but like if you have guys in rhythm who are hitting well, that's a week off where now you got to get back in rhythm. Yeah, well, too. good thing the Yankees didn't have that. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, maybe they hit the reset button a little yep. bit. Seattle and Toronto. In Toronto, I like that all these three-game sets are whoever yeah, the higher seats. I And obviously, you don't want them traveling back and forth, but I think that makes it more fair. But at Toronto, Seattle, first time in the playoffs, 21 years. It's been great. Uh Really cool. That Cal Raleigh home run was awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. The play-by-play for the Seattle Mariners is always exceptional. The calls are fantastic, even like last year. Even when they put it like they have a camera in the in the booth and they can kind of time up the yeah. call to the video. That's a, that's incredible. Exactly. Always. Yeah, the excitement that he shows is 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 so great. But they're not just in the playoffs. They can they can make some noise. Yeah, this is the series I'm most excited for. I think either of these two teams can win, not only win this series, but they can also 
put up a good fight against Houston, if not win that series as well. So there's a, I mean, there's a ton of star power on each side here. Um, a lot of star power on the staff for both teams. I'm just super excited, and I think this is three games, no matter what. Yeah, I think it. I think it goes three. I'm more of a fan of the Blue Jays. I think when we did our preseason picks earlier this year, I picked the Blue Jays to win it all. I'm not gonna stick with that. I'll be honest, but <laughs> uh, I do think they get out of this round. Uh, I favor the Blue Jays, but once again, the Seattle team is is they're just so much fun. They're fun, and they kind of have that. And it can go either way in the playoffs. This this kind of new sense to it, this exciting you know, we're here kind of thing. And it it's, what step are they going to take? Is it going to be, hey, you know, we finally made it. This is so cool that we're here. We have a young group, um, not a ton of experience in the playoffs. Is it cool that we're here and we're just going to enjoy it? Or is it, hey, like, we're here to win. And I know that some guys in their locker room, everyone will be like, hey, we're here to win. But in the back of your minds, there is some sort of, hey, like, this is like, we're playing baseball in October right now. Right. And it happens in any sport. Are they going to be too young in an experience? Who knows? Because then you never know. Teams make a run. 14 Kansas City Royals and, you know, teams like that. 2007 Rockies. It's, you know, they can make a run. So it, it happens, but we'll see which uh, team we'll get. Yeah, no doubt. And like you said, they might be just too uh, too young and I wouldn't say dumb, but too young and innocent to even realize the moment that they're in because they are in there for the first time and they can go play with house money because... I don't know. People expected them to get in the playoffs this year, I think, but nobody expected them to be a World Series contender. But I, Toronto, the, I mean, that offense with Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Tasker Hernandez, Matt Chapman, George Springer, Alejandro Kirk, it just goes on and on and on. And that's one through nine you have to get through. It's not one through four. It's just one through nine. And then you have to go face their bullpen, who's pretty good too. The Blue Jays, it's the same thing that I looked at them before the year. And you looked at their roster and you go, why, how could this team lose? They're so good. They're, they're, it, the names and the numbers that they've put up have been so fantastic. And even like Alex Manoa has right. been almost been unhittable all year. He's not a name that's been thrown around uh, as much as he deserves. But then they, they have other guys. You know, Their bullpen's been great. David Phelps, Adam Simber, and Jordan Romano, especially Jordan Romano leading the way, closing. You know, they, Those guys have really locked down games for him. I'm nervous about if they get to a game three, which I predict it's going to, who's going to start that game three. I picked Jose Barrios to win the I Cy would. Young in the, at the beginning of the season, and he's pitched to a 5.23 ERA, not good enough to win the Cy Young, uh, obviously. So if he's going to start game three, which, I mean, right now he's lined up as a number three starter. The yeah, then you guys, could go stripling. Or- right, and who've had better years, but... Game three for them would be very interesting and probably just ride their bullpen. Yeah, we'll see. It obviously, you know, you got to win, win one of the first two. And right. There's there's some good pitching matchups in this series too. That I mean, there's going to be Manoa and Gossman, and then on the other side, uh, you got Robbie Ray and um, Castillo, of course, to ta- or Toronto. I know that'll be, be and obviously he was only there for right. But that's when he had his breakout and won the Cy Young exactly, and uh, so. We'll see. It's in Toronto, which Toronto in the playoffs is just great. <laughs> it's, it's one of the great. best atmospheres in baseball. Great, great. It reminds me of the, uh, obviously, the Bautista home run, but right. then Edwin Encarnacion as well. That place just goes bonkers. Oh, it's yeah. like a, 
especially because it's inside. It feels like it echoes and those people. I mean, it's all of Canada behind one team. Right. This series should be a ton of fun, especially with all three games being in Toronto, two exciting teams. This is the series to me is, you know, must watch baseball. Yeah. I, I don't know. Which way are you leaning here? Toronto. I, I, I told you, I, I liked Toronto before the year. I think that lineup's just too deep. I think that, you know, they have guys who have been there before. And I think that they get, I think they're just a better team. I think Seattle's on the come up. I think that there's a ton of excitement behind this team and they could definitely do it. No, this is not a lopsided matchup by any no, means. Yeah. Uh, but I think Toronto comes out of this one. Yep. I agree. Which I mean, more of the same. And then they, yeah. And then they go to Houston and Houston is spectacular. Yeah. They're uh, like the people like to call a wagon. <laughs> I knew you were about to drop that line too. I was, <laughs> They've, they feel like they've been like kind of pushed off to the wayside a little bit. Like nobody's even really like paying attention to the incredible things. It's just no one like no one likes them. They don't want right. to pay attention to them. And we've, we've had this conversation before and this is actually something, you know, we do disagree on. It's the Astros, what, what they did. And I, obviously I don't condone, they, they cheated and it's, it's not right. They deserve to be punished. But I've also brought up that I think a lot of teams were uh, maybe not doing it in as noticeable ways, but I think a lot of teams were doing very similar things and there's been evidence to that. Um, but that would be an entire catastrophe for MLB if it came out that, you know, all these teams have been cheating. So they made the Astros the scapegoat and that's my opinion on it. There's a good amount of evidence backing it up. Either way, what they did was wrong. But I think that also plays into this year is that a lot of people say, hey, you know, the 2017 championship didn't count. So they're like, hey, let's go right. win one now. Proof right. that, you know, we could do it. Well, they've done a nice job coming back from that, too. Obviously, it happened in 2017. I think everything came out in, what, 2019. But since then, they've, outside of Carlos Correa, who's no longer there, they've done a pretty good job of kind of just putting their heads down and going to work f- since then. And they're just right back where they've been for the last five, five or six years and they have Justin Verlander, who's going to win the Cy Young, and he's having a career year at the age of 39. So that's not not a bad year. But whatever surgery it is, a lot of these guys come back, and you know some people are never the same, but on some others, it's the flip side, is that right. you do so much physical therapy that you get spend, stronger. Build, it's right. that you get stronger and come back from this injury even better. And Verlander, I mean, my goodness, this year, he's got a sub-2 ARA. It's incredible. <laughs> he's going to win the signing at 39. It'll be interesting to see what kind of contract he gets because he's a free agent this year. But he's probably... Someone's Something gonna short him. and large. Someone's going to pay him a ton of money. Just yeah. like they did Max Scherzer. Small term, large money. Yep. Yeah. Say like two years, like, you know, 90, Two 80. years, $500 million. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They're tossing money around like it's right. nothing nowadays. We'll see. You, you go back into their bullpen. Uh, Ryan Stanek is unreal. Yep. Unreal. We, I, I said earlier, and I I just have this number in my head now because I looked it up. Eric Gagne put up that 331 ERA plus, and ERA plus is uh, 100 is league average. So 331 is 3.31 times better than league average, the league average pitcher. Uh, well, Stanek has a 330 right now. <laughs> so I didn't know that. That's incredible. I know. Well, it's it's the kind of day and age that there are some of these relievers that just absolutely dominate. And I guess it's probably because he's not a closer either. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you don't watch him closely, then you're not going to be paying attention to Ryan Stanek. I don't know. They, this, no matter what, this team's just, this team's just good. Yeah. I don't know. Like their whole lineup is fantastic. And Jose Altuve kind of having a renaissance season. 
Jose Altuve ended up with Altuve ended up with a nine two one OPS. And like no one's talking about it. I know. No one's talking about any of their guys outside it, of like Alvarez. Alvarez got a lot of talk at the beginning of the season when he was like the MVP halfway through June and then he got hurt. He came back and has kept doing the same things, but he's no one's talking about him anymore. Like I don't know. They're and just, Bredman struggled out of the gate and he's right. been he's ended up having a good year as well. To me, they're going far. That's expected. They're the number one team in the the AL and, well, and the deservedly last, like, so. Here's why it'll go different because the last two years they haven't been as good and they still made it. I mean, they were one game away from the World Series in 2020 and then right there again last year, but they and they still weren't as good in the regular season. And now they're just they're the 100 plus win team in the regular season this year. And now they'll probably, judging by our predictions, they'll probably lose in the first round. Yeah, what is it now? Five straight ALCSs they've been to? Yeah. So Ever. trying to make it six? Yeah. Or is it four? Yeah. That's Four, stupid. Eight, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and then this will be six if they get there. Yeah, and it's, you know, all signs are pointing to them doing that. Yep. So, uh, it would be nice to see Dusty Baker get a World Series. I, If he gets a World Series, my money is on him retiring. He's obviously not the youngest guy in the world, <laughs> but he's still chasing that elusive first World Series, so that would be kind of a cool way for him to go out. I Yeah, I, I have a bias just because I... I'm one of those people who I like. I, I like to root for the team that everyone likes to root against. Yeah. And uh, I already talked about my opinion on the whole cheating scandal. I, so I kind of always said, and I liked the Astros before then. So it's kind of I, I kind of root for them. But well, that's why I like Carlos Correa because I think every sport needs a villain. And obviously, he didn't. What he did wasn't right. But I, I think he's playing the good villain role. Obviously, he kind of got tossed to the wayside here in Minnesota, but. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a Chicago Cub next year. And we're going back. To the <laughs> That's why you like him. Yeah, now he won't be the villain in Chicago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, this team, they, they lose guys. They lose Springer and they lose Correa and they lose Garrett Cole. And just guys are just getting sent out. Morton and you know, they're still here. They're still here. The same best record in baseball. And, and the guy that is, I mean, their number two pitcher, Framer Valdez, we haven't even touched on him, but he's... There was a stretch this season where he had 25 consecutive quality starts. A quality start is six innings or more and three three or less earned runs. To do that 25 straight times, and you start, if you start make all of your starts in a season, you start 32 games. To do that 25 times in a row is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And they have they have other guys, and they'll put one of them in the pen. Um, well, that's Odorizzi or Kitty and uh, Garcia. Garcia won't be in the pen. Um, but they, they just have guys who can eat innings. I'm not really too worried about them, you know, running into... I mean, they did it last year where, like, it was both teams in the World Series. All their guys were getting hurt, all their starting pitchers, and they still put up a great, yep. you know, great series and made it to, to game six. So uh, Houston Astros, legit again kind of under the radar legit this year as we talked about but let's move on to the National League first series St. Louis and Philadelphia day from here so this is probably the series equivalent to the Braves last year where we kind of just write off um, mm-hmm. one of these teams uh, to me this is St. Louis series to lose here it'll be interesting to see how they line up their pitching because obviously you'd think Wainwright would be their game game one starter but he struggled mightily as of late who would you go with Montgomery or I'd, Quintana? I would still go Wainwright just because of the okay. playoff pedigree. I thought I thought you were moving away from him. That's why. I, yeah, okay. no, I, I would stay with Wainwright, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went somewhere else. And I don't think Wainwright would be upset about it because he knows that he's been struggling. I don't think he has that ego either. 
yeah, no, I think he just wants to win, and they have you know a, a good amount of guys that are like that. Those three game sets are so scary if you're a team like St. Louis yeah. playing against a team like Philadelphia because Philadelphia only has, I mean. I don't think they're built to win a seven game series, but nope. they might be built to win a three if when you have Aaron Noll and Zach Wheeler. Exactly. And that's Ranger Suarez, who's a good pitcher. Yeah. And, you know, Harper's been back and you know Schwarber hit Schwarber has forty six home right. runs this year. Uh they have the best catcher in baseball. So this is a lineup that can drop ten on you on any given night. And St. Louis is pitching is what they've always been. They've always been been good, but it's not as good as it has been in years past there's been some blow-up games um but that being said their offense is better than you know some of the st louis teams the past uh st louis definitely the better team but the three game series anything can happen especially when you have a phillies team that's not necessarily deep but very explosive top heavy team that you know you just gotta win two games homers yeah you're in trouble and uh this is a series where people are just riding in the cardinals to the next round go to atlanta play your five game series but (laughs) philadelphia I want to pick them to win because I think they can get hot and they have the guys in the starting staff to get there. But it just, <laughs> I hate that I do this, but it just feels like Cardinal magic this year. And it feels like that every year since I've been alive because the Cardinals just do that and they're a good model of consistency. They've, they don't lose, they don't have losing seasons. They're always there. Um, Pujols, Molina, obviously their last year just feels like, it just doesn't feel like they can lose this series. Tell me you're going to pick the Phillies. I'm not. So <laughs> that's why I was. Afraid. I was hoping you would be the guy to freaking do it, but no, I can't. I can't. It's the Cardinals. It's the year. It's destiny. Well, I don't that's know. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, but I felt like I don't last, think they're going to go. I felt like it was destiny last year when Wainwright had like a renaissance year and was like top five for the Cy Young. Yeah, but now they have poo holes and he's right. I think that the Cardinals, I think it would be doing baseball an injustice if they didn't get past this first round. Especially when you have <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are going to finish 1-2 for the MVP this year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have the two Yeah, you have the two MVPs. You have the guy who just hit 700. He's been the second best right. you know, hitter in baseball. You have Aaron one of Judge. the best closers in baseball. In the second half. Yeah, Helsley. Right. Oh my goodness. Talk, about, a, talk about a guy like Emmanuel Classe. Yeah, but Helsley came out the other day. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what his availability is. I mean, we'll see. Even even if he's not like available, Gallegos is great out of the pen, and yeah. they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Palante's not bad. I don't know. They they play Cardinal baseball. I'm sorry, it's just such a boring brand of baseball. But they win, and it, that's they why win. it makes me I know. so it's mad. So it's so boring. But, but it they hasn't do it been every year. This year. No, this is the only year it hasn't been right. boring. Usually, it's like you watch these Cardinals games, you're like, these guys stink, but somehow they're twelve games <laughs> somehow above five hundred. Ninety-four and games, exactly, and that's you know they're in the playoffs, and once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. All of a sudden, this team had this NLCS. is more. This is a much more exciting Cardinals team, and that's why, even though we're in St. Louis, and I usually pull for them anyways, I'm pulling for this Cardinals team more. Historic, obviously, right. Wainwright, Yachty, who holds last year, but also. When you you start adding in guys like Brendan Donovan, who's come in and is a rookie, and he's just been fantastic. Lars Newtbar is an easy out of like Tommy Edmond, who's been one of the top six seven players in baseball based on WAR, and no one even really knows that. It's mostly because he's so excellent in the field. But you know they have you know three guys in the top seven in baseball WAR, and you t- we we said Pujols, those guys are they're almost supplementary pieces to. They are to Goldschmidt and Arenado, who have been the two best players in the National League this year, and they're on this team. This is an exciting Cardinals team. 
one storyline to and watch. It's not usually something that good. Cardinals and exciting are right. usually not two. Right. And two words that go one together. One storyline for me to watch is what they do, what they decide to do with Jack Flaherty. Obviously, he's got a good track record of success. He's a good pitcher, doesn't have a good track record of being healthy. But if you put a guy like that in the bullpen, that's another guy you can add that back there who can get outs and he's a I don't know he's he doesn't he's never pitched out of the bullpen but yeah Flaherty's kind of one of those guys that gets he's kind of a wild that's card. A, it's a name that's kind of gets lost in the right the rearview mirror a bit because he was so dominant when he was healthy a couple of years ago and he just hasn't been healthy since it's the same way so, uh, right. as Tyler Glass now uh, when he was healthy you know he you know he he finished fourth in the Cy Young back uh, a few years it was, it was like 2019 yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I mean, that's definitely not a guy that you can, you know, necessarily overlook. Right. So, you know, it, it's like you said, a wild card factor. Uh, let's see when he gets in, because I'm sure he will pitch at some point. And, you know, especially with, with Helsley, you don't know the availability of him yet. So uh, the, you need other guys to step up. Obviously, and that's not the role Flaherty would step into. Right. And uh, they have, to me, it just, they just have a, a recipe. They play a brand of baseball that's built for October. They're one of the best def- defensive fielding teams in baseball. They hit home runs. They, they have guys that come up in the clutch. I don't, they just seem like the team that's, I don't know, the team of destiny in this playoffs. Yep. I uh, I really like the Cardinals, so I'm going to take the Cardinals um, over the Phillies. We, uh, we already knew that, though. So <laughs> uh, the winner of them, though, goes to Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> what is there to say about Atlanta? I mean, even though we said nothing about them last year, so we well, might as well year, say no, something. Well, this year, no, this year, you know, we're going to make up for lost time. And I, this, this year, we're going to, you know, we're going to make some time for the Braves. Um, we're going to do them that justice. They earned maybe, that last maybe year. Maybe a little bit more time than, rather than like 30 seconds. Yeah. That's what they were playing for. They were playing for more time on right. Smack Talk. And that's what, yeah. And they, they wanted our respect. Um, so we're going to give it to them, all our listeners out in Atlanta. The Braves are, are absolutely fantastic. My favorite player on the Braves uh, is Dansby Swanson. Uh, what he's been doing recently. Uh, he was that pick where, you know, he was the first overall pick out of Andy and he came to the big, it's a lot of hype around him and he turned into a solid baseball player, right? You know, he was good. No one was like, hey, he's not a bust, but he's not spectacular. He's not number one pick, right? And the thing about baseball number one picks is, you know, that's not something that's terrible. You know, if, if you get, if you draft the number one guy overall and you get a player like Dansby Swanson, you're not too upset with it, right? right? And that's pre this year. That's pre this year because there's a ton of, you know, number one picks that don't turn into anything. And obviously you look at different guys, you know, well, it could have been Harper. Right. Uh, yeah. The, obviously you hope the number one pick turns into a superstar, but it's baseball and there's, you know, most of them are still three years away from, you know, ever being in the big leagues. But Dansby Swanson this year has uh, become that player that they, they wanted to draft. Yeah. He, he's a star in a, in a team full of superstars mm-hmm. and growing into the superstar himself. He's, a free agent after this year, and a lot of people have him as the fourth best free agent in that class, outside with Turner, Correa, and Bogarts. But man, if my team ended up with Dansby Swanson as shortstop, I'm not going to be mad. You want Correa or Swanson? Oh, I'd rather have Correa, but whatever, I'll take them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play them up the middle. Right. He's just one uh, piece in this excellent right. Braves team, starting with Austin Riley. Um, and Matt Olson, I think that's where it all begins with, and that's before you even mention Ronald Acuna. Yeah. So it just blows my mind that they have all these guys locked up for like the next like seven or eight. Years. And it's not just it's not just their hitters. They got the right. like Freed's locked up for a while, and Freed will uh, probably win a Cy Young within the next five years. That guy is is dominant. When we were watching the game the other day, Freed versus was it Freed DeGrom. versus Degrom, yeah. and that preview. 
that was playoff baseball. That was oh, yeah. like those three. Those electric. three games were. That was awesome. That was really awesome. And through those three games, I know they're all in Atlanta, and Atlanta's playing well right now. But it just kind of looked like they were two pretty evenly matched teams. All three games kind of had this feel to it, right? That the Braves were going to come out with it. The Braves just got that one extra big hit. Yeah. But you knew they were going to get it. It right. felt like right. even when the game was tied or, you know, the few times the Mets actually led, it just felt like it was the Braves games. Like yeah. It felt like when the Mets came across runs, it was scratching and clawing. Obviously, that Vogelbach home run and McNeil had a nice series. But right. they, they flat out won the division. And I hate that people talk about the Mets collapse. The Braves have won over 100 games. Yeah, the Mets blew it. They're 10 game lead in the division. But it's not like the, they lost to a team that won 87 games. Mm-hmm. This team has won over 100 games, and they're World Series champions. The, I wouldn't consider it a Mets collapse more than just the Braves flat out winning the division. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and also just the Mets, they're right in the middle. They're not that team that at the start of the year was winning almost every single baseball game they were right. playing without Scherzer and DeGrom. Right. How about that? Every, the, the, the whole year, we're like, all right, wait until they get sure to turn to Grom back, and then they're going to turn into right. this absolute juggernaut. Those and two New York teams kind doesn't... of feel the same. They kind of give off the same vibe to me a little bit. Yeah, but it's still New York. and yeah. <sighs> The Mets are also like a team that when they make it to the playoffs, they're going to make a run right. kind of feel. Or they're just you know going to have a gigantic collapse and they'll get swept because that's the Mets. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just like thinking of like this is a better team than like the the 2015 team obviously that made a run and right. they ended up you know losing in seven games at Kansas City. But the Mets they're they're not new to, you know, the 1969 Miracle Mets, you yeah. know, maybe it's the 2022 not so much Miracle but Mets winning the World <laughs> Series. I hope they do. I I'm rooting for the Mets. It's crazy that we did this to the Braves last year and now we talked about the Braves for 5 minutes and then we just stopped and went to the Mets. Okay, I'm so, I, the the thing about the Braves this year though is that they're there's just not, so good. They're so good. There's not a ton to talk about. Right. It's like you know it. We can be talking about the Braves for forever, but I'm sure you've heard about the Braves, right. especially in the last month, because that's all that anyone's been talking about. Right. Is the Braves. But let's. You're right. We need, we do need. We <laughs> well, we literally just did hype it up. But it's just. It's you're just, right. It's amazing. Like we were talking about how they have all these guys locked up, and then they bring in. They bring up. Uh, Michael Harris and they bring up Vaughn Grisham and they they're stars now too all of a sudden. These guys don't even need a full year in the big leagues and now they're just stars in Atlanta and they have all these guys for seven or eight more years if not more. So uh, I don't know. They're just incredible. And a lot of the credit goes to uh, Alex Anthopoulos, the president of baseball operations. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something they're like, hey, they're set up for a while. It seems like they should just now be entering their right. championship window. But when in reality, this group has had a championship window that's you know, basically been open the last five years. Right. But they're just a team that, you know, they're there every single year. They have playoff experience. And, you know, I I certainly wouldn't want to play them. I don't know if there's any other team in baseball that I would rather not play right now than the Atlanta Braves. Especially the way they're playing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right now, right. I don't want to play the Atlanta Braves. Right. No, I agree. For a little bit there for the Cardinals, because we just say we're rooting interests a little bit. We're in the city. Uh, exciting team as well. You want to see pools, like we talked about, go go far in the playoffs. It was like, all right, this is setting up nice. Like they're going to play the Phillies, who we talked about. That's about as good of a, I, If I'm the Cardinals, I'd rather face the Phillies than the Brewers, honestly. So it kind of, and they didn't have to, they missed the Padres too. You know, the Phillies are the team you want to play right. if you're the Cardinals. Uh, and then I was like, if they win, then they're going to go play the Mets. And I know it's DeGrom and Scherzer, you know, one, two, but then now it's a five game series. Right. And the Mets have 
kind of sounded I was like, okay, they might they might work their way into you know the NLCS here. But now they win and they got to play Atlanta, and Atlanta is just so daunting. It's just they're they're legit. They're you know we're not overlooking them this year. I can promise you that much. Yeah, no, definitely not. We won't make that mistake twice. No, but we we touched up on the Mets a little bit. Uh, but let's just let's just dive into them. Jacob Degrom, best pitcher in the big leagues, but has looked. You know, he's given up some home runs recently. He's looked human. He's looked human. <laughs> Not much. I mean, he'll give up home runs. They're all solo home runs. <laughs> it's like, but and, and they're spread out. They have like 12 strikeouts. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, I mean, he plays a really good lineup. And yeah, DeGrom will be fine. But it does show that you can scratch and claw a couple, two, three runs off of them, and you can keep yourself in a game. And the Mets are just historically known for when Jacob DeGrom pitches to not play well around him. Um, so see, it's also if Degrom if they don't win, if the the Mets don't at least make the World Series this year, I think Degrom's gone, or at least win a, at least one round and go deep in the NLCS, because that guy should be pitching. And we talked about this those cold nights in October. Oh, yeah. We want to we want a cold state team to yeah. to make it to the World Series because we haven't had that in a while. One of that those was cold best. nights. Obviously, I'm biased, but when the Cubs played Cleveland, the two cold weather city, like not not just cold, but like frozen mm-hmm. weather cities that played in November in early November yeah. that was incredible well when I think of baseball lore and baseball world series especially for me lore is you know the 2000s that's when I grew up that's when I was a kid and that's when you know you idolize and you don't know a ton about it and when I was watching all these world series you know all I picture is uh Boston and New York and Philadelphia and even as we started growing up San Francisco which it's in California but San Francisco in October is a chilly place coming oh, yeah. off that oh, yeah. coming off uh, I remember the those ocean Giants and Cardinals series yeah like series what, what year was that and it gets cold right. here. we know it gets gets cold here right. I can yeah uh, so there's there's something to that and I want to see Jacob deGrom is just a guy who should be pitching with like a little bit of a neck guard kind yeah. of thing, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so cool that it's out there. Yeah. You want to see every breath he takes, and I want to see him throwing 101, and I want to see guys get jammed, and I want to see the grit and the grind. Right. That's what I want to see this postseason, and that's what I hope we get out of the Mets, and that's why I want them to make it far. Now, I have a question for you. So, Edwin Diaz has been the most dominant reliever in baseball this year. Um, I, I don't know. Dun, 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 dun. Right, and I don't know if there's like a really close second, but... uh. But what do you think the reaction would be if he came in game seven of the NLCS, the trumpets are blaring and he blows the game? Does that song like have to like get wiped off the internet? I, it will in New York. I, I mean, it, it depends what side. It, I mean, if you're in the Bronx, they're probably, they'll start they're blasting it. it. Yeah. yeah, they'll hear it. Yeah, you'll hear it everywhere, especially if it was uh, against New York. Right. Imagine, because obviously they had the Subway Series in 2000. If they had a Subway Series again... I just like can't with the, imagine with being internet, in that. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine being in that city. Yeah, being in, and I wasn't even there a ton. Obviously, I haven't had too many championship teams in Colorado since I've been alive. You know, with the Rockies in '07, that was a run. Obviously, they didn't win it. The Broncos Super Bowl, I I was there the whole time. I was still in high school, and that's when I kind of felt the whole city around it. You and you, you've experienced right. this with Chicago several times, the Blackhawks and the Cubs, and that feeling around the city is just incredible everyone's rooting for the same thing and there's just so much energy and everyone's just waiting to go crazy all the time and excited everyone's in good moods i can't imagine what it would be like especially in the biggest sports town like new york where these people are diehard diehard diehards for their teams and there's two in the same city right and that same energy and 
like they're just walking amongst each other. Sure. And oh, I think it, like it's still like a, it's, it's just, a realistic thing that could happen this year. hundred percent. It can. That's what like, it would be so cool. Right. Like, that's, that's my number one series. Yeah. And I don't too. want the Yankees to make it far. I don't like the Yankees, but if they do, I want like, that's, I want it to be Mets Yankees. That right. would be so awesome. Oh yeah. That'd be so cool. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they could ever play that song again if you're a New York Mets fan. It would de- he would definitely have to end that. That would be done. Oh yeah, if he blew it like that. <laughs> but then he again, has it's to go out to like Baby Shark next year. I know, <laughs> right? Right? Who's been doing that? Is that that was the guy in the Nationals? Like yeah, yeah. Gerardo Parra. Or oh yeah, you're right, Gerard, I, I should have known that. They like rallied around that song. In that I know year. that's when they won it all, and Gerardo Parra. <laughs> you know the, the heart and soul of the Rockies when they're actually decent right. too. I will so. say the Mets. We were talking about this earlier with the three game series. They're going to have to throw to Grom and Scherzer game one mm-hmm. and two. If they get by the Padres, which a lot of people think they will, and a lot of people are basically guaranteeing that, kind of riding the Padres off. They get by the Padres. They're going to um, L.A. to play one of the. <laughs> we haven't even talked about them yet, but one of the best regular season teams of all time in the Dodgers, they're going to have to go out there with their number three and DeGrom and Scherzer are only going to be able to throw once in that series. So that was that was a huge thing with the Mets not winning the NL East. It right. cripples them, man. Right. It cripples them because the Braves are much better prepared to play a three-game set and then turn it around and go play a five. That They're just deeper in their pitching, whereas the Mets are... They're so top, top heavy, heavy in yeah. their their pitching rotation, so you don't want to fall behind one o two o against the Dodgers, and that's a very realistic thing. And even if you do, you know you're asking. So like, let's say Degrom throws game one, Friday night, right? Game one of the NLDS, if they were to win, is on Tuesday. So that's four days. That's short rest. And he hasn't um, done that all year. He doesn't done that all year. And they've been limiting his pitches right. and stuff like that because of his elbow. And so now you're you're worried about that. I'm sure the Mets won't won't have too much of an issue, especially if they think he's going to leave in free agency, right. pitching him as much. But if you know, then you also have to walk that fine line. It's like I'm sure you know. I'm sure the Mets won Jacob Degrom, maybe the best right. pitcher ever to come back. So you don't want to you know irritate him either. Right. You don't want to, first of all, hurt him, injure him, and two, have him, you know, not happy with you guys for pitching too much. Yeah, they're in a weird spot because it's not like he's 21 years old coming off injuries. He's, I think he's like 33 or 34 mm-hmm. in the prime of his career. So why we need you have to take the leash off sometime, and what what better time to do it than in the playoffs against if they get to the Dodgers against a, one of the best teams of all time. And they will. They right. will. They'll, they'll go on. But then it's, I mean, it'll just be but he's not going to be able to pitch but twice sure, in that series. Yeah, I mean, he can go game one and maybe flip him game five. But again, it'll be, I mean, I think that would be normal rest, I think. But then it's coming off an outing before that that you went short rest. I'm sure you right. want him to go deep in those outings. And then we don't even talk about Scherzer because he won't be able to turn around. You're, you're thinking about Scherzer maybe making a relief appearance in game five. I would, I would trust him more to turn around than the ground, though, because Scherzer's yeah, done it before. Thing, well, then do you start game, Scherzer game one against... I almost would. ...on Friday? I Because then would. try to turn him around game one and, yeah. in the NLDS? It's interesting. That's Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Who do you trust more in the playoffs, Scherzer or DeGrom? I mean, DeGrom's just unproven, so right. I, I don't know. You know but you know what you're getting out of both of them, I feel like. I don't so. I don't know if you know what you're getting out of DeGrom at this point. I mean, when has he ever been hit, man? I know, I, but I just don't. He, he, he gave up three home runs against the Braves last week. And as you said, he also struck out 12 guys. Right, I mean, that's what I'm But like, Scherzer basically did the same thing. He yeah. gave his, his share of home runs. So I, I, I don't know. I, I tend to lean towards guys that have proven themselves in the playoffs, and they're kind of, I think Scherzer's more of a bulldog. He's kind of got the more of a bulldog mentality than DeGrom does, even though 
DeGrom might be the best pitcher of all time. So we'll see. And I, I'm sure they'll probably roll out DeGrom in game one. Yeah, we'll say I, that's what they probably will end up doing. But I actually hadn't thought of it your way. And that is something that is interesting. Let's dive into uh, before we, we move on to... So we still yet we we only have a couple teams left. We have the you know the mega Dodgers. This is our favorite. This is our favorite time of the year. Yes, it is. It is. This is we're good at saying that because we're we're people that we enjoy all times of the sports season. We'll find you know we'll say the same thing. Our favorite time of the year when it's Super Bowl time, right? And when it's March Madness time, and when it's the NHL playoffs. But I do actually, yeah, baseball playoffs probably. And October's like the best. I wish the I wish I had a team to cheer for every once in a while. And October's like the best sports month of the year outside of maybe March. Mm-hmm. You, you have the all NBA and starting, NHL all starting, starting, football, and like, you know, it's big swing. Yep. Great, great time of the year. But before we move on to the Padres and uh, the uh, the Dodgers, of course, uh, we got to look at, obviously, the Mets lineup, and that's nothing to, you know, scoff at either. Pete Alonso has been a star in this league um, for several years. A little bit of a weirdo at the Home Run Derby this year, <laughs> but... <laughs> Had another 40 home run year. You know, it's, yeah, he's a special, special player. Oh, yeah. And outside of Pete Alonso, they're going to need guys to step up. They've had guys that have had nice years, but they need to, more than just one guy to have a good series. So I think a guy that you, in the playoffs, you need a guy like Francisco Lindor yeah. to start, not just being, you know, what he's been this year, he needs but to be like 2016 Francisco Exactly. Lindor. Like you need. You need a playoff right. star. I'm saying McNeil's been swinging the bat well lately. Um, McNeil batted 326 this year. Yeah, that's you know There's he's no one's talking about. I know, and I love just watching him hit because he's got that bat that where his handles you know right. like four inches past he, his hand. He doesn't look like he looks like a lumberjack. I know. Although but so he, does Pete Alonso. <laughs> a team of lumberjacks that just <laughs> super good. McNeil's hit like his, the style he hits in though it's. He's just not ancient, tough to strike out. Yeah, it's not the exact routine that it's. I mean, it's far from what the the status quo is right. in uh, the big leagues nowadays. You know, he had a one forty OPS plus, um, which is which is awesome. Right. He only had nine home runs, but he bad three twenty six. He gets on base. Um, he doesn't strike out. He only struck out sixty one times all year. Right. He swings the bat early and counts too. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't really work counts, but he, I mean, he puts the ball in play. He doesn't strike out. Good option. Brandon Nimmo's been good. I liked Eduardo Escobar from his time when he was when in, when he was in Arizona too. Yeah, I always thought he was a prolific power threat. You know, he can go deep at any time. So right. they've their lineup's good enough that they could get this done. Right. Their X factor to me. Is uh, Starling Marte? If he doesn't, if he's not coming back, he's been a kind of a catalyst for their offense all season. And he has a he's out right now with a finger fracture. He's obviously hasn't played in the last few days. He's not playing today. I'm not sure about his status for the wild card series, but they need him badly. Um, kind of at the top of their lineup and stealing bases and hitting for average. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see about him. Top heavy starting pitching. They have a good lineup. Really good lineup. There's a reason they won. Did they end up with 100 wins? Did they break that mark? Uh, yep, yes, hundred sixty. Yep, good. I knew it was coming down to it. You know, the very top heavy pitching, pitching obviously Scherzer and Degrom, but the back end of their bullpen uh, with Ottavino and Diaz has, has been spectacular this year. So Diaz has a two ninety six ERA plus. I keep bringing this up because three thirty one was good enough to win a Cy Young in two thousand and three, and now we have three guys who are and, and there's more right. out there too. And it just goes to show because there's so many guys. It goes to show that, how good the league is. 
Yeah, and it's because it's so home run oriented. There's strikeouts. Like, who cares? Right. These guys who have such prolific swing and miss stuff. Well, when guys are swinging really hard and only trying to hit home runs, right. it's you know it's even harder to hit that stuff. So, uh, there have been some guys who really really dominate, and uh, Adovino uh, is one of them. But Diaz is uh, you know the main guy on the the Mets who has done that. Uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that could be said about the Padres, but there's also like not a lot that could be said because I don't think they're getting through the Mets. So. I feel I just feel bad for Padres fans. Yeah, me too. Because like they can't even really they made the playoffs for the first time in I don't, who knows how long. But they made it in 2020. But right. Yeah. You, but like I get what you're saying. Right. They, and yeah, they can't. It's like how do you even celebrate it? Because your star players out with for 80 games with PDs. You haven't seen him in a year, and then you trade for Juan Soto, who a lot of people think could be the one of the best hitters of all time. Uh, by the end of his career, and he hasn't really been the player that they thought he would be. So I don't. It's hard. I feel like you said we. I feel bad for him as well. Yeah, I mean Machado's really been the only guy this year that's you know been as advertised right. for the Padres, and it stinks because they have the fifth highest payroll in the MLB this year um, for a small market team like that. As a fan, you're like, hey, you know, you can't get mad at ownership or the GM because they they've gone all in. You know, they right. they saw a championship window and they went all in, and you have to respect that. And it just kind of stinks that it hasn't really worked out the way you, they saw things going. The Cronenworth last year was spectacular. He's been good this year. Right. He's been solid, but he hasn't been that you know difference maker that you need when guys like. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. don't play the entire right. year, right? And that's just really unfortunate. That whole situation is just so unfortunate. And and it's almost like yeah, he keeps changing his story. You really don't believe right. him. And it's like the boy who cried wolf who breaks right. his hand. Uh, which accident did I get into? Right. And there's things like that's in, I, I'm surprised that wasn't in his contract. He just signed that multi-mega, mega million, over $300 million. And it wasn't in his contract that he couldn't ride dirt bikes. I don't know if you guys are not... Or motorcycles, but it's a dirt bike or motorcycle. motorcycle. Well, uh, who cares? Either yeah, way. Yeah, either similar things. Uh, in in a lot of sports contracts, and this goes through all sports, especially those massive, massive, massive ones, teams aren't going to screw around and go, hey, you know, you, we're building our entire our billion dollar organization around you, um, and we're going to pay you, in this case, $300 million. Uh, but it's, you know, across all leagues, uh, whatever the amount is. They're like, we don't really want you uh, to get in a motorcycle accident, right? We don't want you going skiing and tearing your ACL, you know, while leisurely skiing. Uh, and those are obviously things that they're like, hey, like, we want you to enjoy your life, but also you can't get hurt doing these things. Right. And they're usually in people's contracts. They can't do that. I, I was shocked when there wasn't, you know, he didn't lose money based on that either. So we'll see. Uh, I think Trent Grisham's a little disappointing this year, too. I thought he was going to be a guy to make a bigger impact well, as well. It's just super unfortunate, but it just goes to show that for every Atlanta Braves who go all in and everything seems to hit for them, there's a flip side, which is this year's the San Diego Padres mm-hmm. who go all in and nothing seems to work out for them other than Joe Musgrove. Yeah, Joe Musgrove. And they're in the playoffs. playoffs. Like, we Darvish should, has we been should fine. discount them making the playoffs because they finished with... They finished like 20 games back of the Dodgers, but like the same record as the Guardians who won the division. So they're not, it's not like they're a bad team. Mm-hmm. They're a good team in the playoffs. And a three-game series, like I said, three-game series changes everything. You win the first game, now the other team's playing with a lot of pressure. Their back's against the wall. And now you just got to win one of those next two. And you're going to have you Darvish going, who has a track record of success. So 
I don't think they're going to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if they took a game. But like you said, it just it all takes a three game set. So you never know. Mets reeling a little bit. That you know they got to bounce back after uh, obviously what they they just did in Atlanta. So right. I think a big thing for the Padres is their pitching this year. I think that's been the biggest. You know, like like you said, guys just haven't panned out, and like they don't have like Mark Melanson last year was a staple of the back end of their bullpen, and they don't have that this year. They don't have a you know a big reliever who's you know yo shut things down well and, theoretically they should because they have josh Hader. but mm-hmm. what a mess he's been this year i know i've always said if i was building a if i was a gm i would take a shot on 10 relievers who are triple a maybe right. like low guys hope whatever four of them work and out. hope exactly because guys are up and down like guys right. can have miserable years that you've never heard of and next year be spectacular just to go the next year and not be good again for two years and then have another like rebound year. It happens all the time with relievers. It's right. almost and continuous. And there's only been a few guys that have been immune to that. And, you know, obviously there's greats like Mariano Rivera. But Josh Hader was one of those few guys that seemed immune to that trend. Like right. he was going to be good every single year. Well, not this year. Right. Well, that's the thing that's weird about relievers is that most of the time when you're looking at a pitcher's numbers, the first thing you'll go to is the ERA. Because that's a telltale sign if they're having a good year for most guys for like starters, but for a reliever they could have a four and a half ERA, but they got they just blew up one outing and gave up four runs one outing, and then they've been good ever since, mm-hmm. and they still have a four and a half ERA. So sometimes those numbers don't really tell the story, but in this case, Josh Hader just flat out hasn't been good for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you ask for one guy to come out of a bullpen in a close game, right? You know, I, I can't. You, you know, you still he's want to pitch be Josh well. Hader, he's right? pitched well the last few weeks, so mm-hmm. it'll be so. Yeah, and you know, if he's trying to groove, it's 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 Josh Hader, right? So right. Uh, he's one. Of, he's throwing you know gas from behind you with <laughs> uh, as, as lefties. I mean, I don't know how those. Guys. Ama- like we've talked about all these guys. It's just amazing how much stuff these guys have. I know. Like we talk about, st- it's st- overwhelming, right? It's incredible. It's, even even in the last few years, it's overwhelming. Let's jump into the Dodgers. The Dodgers are just spectacular in every single way that you put it. And even when, you know, guys who they were counting on to be stars, even two years ago, you're talking about Cody Bellinger being the best player in baseball, and he's been almost irrelevant. Obviously, that big hit against the Giants last year. Um, But he's taken a huge step back. Chris Taylor was one of your stars last year. He hasn't been great. Max Muncy has been better lately, but he struggled. He's still hitting below the Mendoza line. Yes, he is below the... Yeah. But he, you know, he's got that power that'll, you know, he, right. hit, he hit 21 home runs. So it's not, you know, a disaster, disaster, but he has not been, he has not been good. You, you're right. He's been 197, but it's, that's just not something that you were expecting. And even when that happens, guess what? They still have literally one of the best records in baseball history. history. Yep. History. Quietly too. Because of all the storylines that have taken baseball, I know, and they're all their all their pitchers just decide to get injured, and it doesn't matter. It's like Tony Gonsolin a couple years ago. You're like, all right, you know, when they had that spectacular lineup of pitchers, that was last year too, right? And it's like, all right, Gonsolin, so you know, he's a nice fifth guy, you know, he can make a spot start, whatever. He's gonna get, <laughs> he's gonna get Cy Young votes this year. I know, and if them. he didn't get hurt, he would have really good argument. He was he would sixteen win it. and one this year. Willie Urias, you know, he's been good for the last few years, but he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Tyler Anderson, oh my god. I'll tell you what, I watched Tyler Anderson pitch for many years on the Pirates, and he was awful. Well, I had the pleasure of watching him be disastrous on the Rockies for several (laughs) years, too. So, yeah, and then he decides, it's just, uh, anyone who does this, and especially Rockies, anyone who decides to, you know, move on, and they put on that Dodger uniform, and next thing you know, they're having a career year. Right. It's 
it always said they even revitalize you say they revitalize Albert Pujols, right. you know, <laughs> but it's and it's obviously and we talk, I mentioned this on the podcast before is something that they do in their hitting and pitching, obviously, too. You know more about pitching mechanics and stuff like that than I do. But if you watch the swings of Dodgers, especially guys that have been in their organization for a while, so I'm not talking about Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner. If you talk about the guys who have been in there for a while, so uh, guys like Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, Max Muncy, Bellinger, Taylor, watch how their swings finish. And they all, they're super, super similar. They have different ways of getting there, but all their swings, like they look very like eerily similar. Like if you really know what you're looking for and it's obviously something they're doing because every guy that goes there, they just start hitting and (laughs) every guy that goes there, they just start dominating on the mound. It's who do you, I don't even know. It's it's incredible. Who do you think starts game one of the DS for the Dodgers? Yeah. (laughs) Whoever they want. Right. Yeah. They have legitimately four guys that they could give the ball to. I know. I know. Uh, Allison over here wants us to say Clayton Kershaw, and it could definitely be Clayton Kershaw. But, you know, I mean, it's, 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 Kershaw's been great this year, too. It's right. it's, it's dumb. I, it's, if I had to guess, I think they're going to, they would give it to Kershaw. Mm-hmm. But they might also want to give it to someone who they know they can, that can bounce back in game four or five. And maybe Kershaw at this point in his career can't bounce back in game four or five and needs a couple extra days. That's your thought. I like that. I also like, the, you know, Andrew Heaney's just, you know, he's not going to make a start. And he he's was gonna, horrible last year for the Yankees. Like one of the worst pitchers in I know. baseball. They were making fun of him just constantly. Jared, Jared <laughs> Carabas was, I know, Jared Carabas was giving that guy an earful. It was like the Yankees fans just couldn't have enough of it. And here he is pitching to a 3.1 ERA. <laughs> It's stupid. And Walker Bueller's hurt. You know, Walker Bueller going into the year, you're like, all right, Walker Bueller's our guy. Right. Right. All right. He's gone. We'll still put up the best record <laughs> one of in baseball history. Kimbrell hasn't been. And that's what was kind of a weird trade to me, too. Because like you said, relievers are up and down. Here's the thing. They could afford to do it because if you get a dominant Craig Kimbrell, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. That's true. And AJ Pollock is, well, he's a good player, but he's also like, he's very replaceable in this lineup. Mm-hmm. So, it was a little weird, but it also didn't not make sense to me. Yeah. Evan Phillips has just been straight up one of the best relievers in baseball, too. Sorry, I keep bringing this stat up because it is an advanced statistic, but Evan Phillips has pitched to a 367 ERA plus this year. And it's um, not like he pitched 10 innings either. He has no. 63 innings. Yep, he's appeared in 64 games. Right. So he's been <laughs> their number one guy out of the bullpen besides closer. I know. And then, I mean, there's, you know, Alex Villasilla is great, and Bruce Star Gratterall is just scary when he's up there. He scares me, even though some guys piece <laughs> him up a little bit. Um, but he's he's great too. You just they just have so much. Like every single guy you go through, like is having good like good years. Like Yancy Almonte, <laughs> they've pitched to when a he's team. been healthy. It was spectacular for them. He hasn't pitched in a while for him, but like, and the, the, even guys like like Dustin May, and like it's just there's so many names, and it just every it's single mind boggling. They've pitched it doesn't to a matter. Point eight one ERA this year as a team. It's it's stupid. Like Price has been good when he's been healthy, and it's just it, it bothers me because you know, like it doesn't matter. Like you don't even need to look at who is pitching for the Dodgers. Like if they're getting somebody up in the bullpen, it doesn't matter who it is. Right. Like they don't even need to show the stats when he walks in from the bullpen. Just know that this guy's probably gonna come in here and he's probably gonna like chuff. You know, it's <laughs> like it doesn't matter who it is. But it's <laughs> it irritates me. I don't like talking about that mu- them that much just because I, I hate them. I they're, they're my least favorite organization in all of sports. I cannot stand the Dodgers. And and that's the thing too. It's like 
a lot of these franchises so that good. have these extended runs of success, like you can kind of see their the end of their run coming, but like where's the end of the Dodgers run? It'll never come. Right. <laughs> They'll just keep buying their players. I know, but the the issue is is they're not just buying their players. They're right. also one of they the, best the best teams. That, yeah, right. Exactly. They're so good at developing talent that not only they're developing talent, so like now their team's super sweet, and then they're just like, all right, we'll just go sign Freddie Freeman too. Um, it's right. just it's just ridiculous. A name that I, before we move on from the Dodgers, and uh, we'll start you know going through our picks for for everything. Uh, we haven't said Will Smith. I said this last year. He's not just one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. He's one. He's turned into an elite hitter in baseball. Um, and having that guy at your catching position uh, is is super special. I think outside of JT Real Muto, I if I had to pick a guy to be a catcher for my team, if I was running a team, I'd probably take him. Yeah, and it's close. I, it's really close, especially just yeah, it's it's close. I'd probably go Real Muto too. And a but. lot of the credit, I mean, I don't, I don't. Obviously, we're not in the day to day operations for the Dodgers, but I would imagine a lot of the reason Dodgers pitchers have success is because of him behind the plate. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, we learned a lot for like Austin Barnes. And I remember reading some stories about them working together because uh, that's what that's what Barnes was there for. Right. Like, I remember when Grandal was this you know hitting machine and they would start Austin Barnes in the playoffs over him because right. Grandal couldn't catch anywhere near the level that Austin Barnes right. could and you know that's that's where Austin Barnes made his living and you know Will Smith has definitely improved behind the plate um so yeah and it, I mean it also doesn't hurt when your pitchers are you know probably uh probably doing pretty well as well you know easier to catch as, as a catcher right. I do know that you know if your pitchers you know around the zone it makes you a better catcher too right so you know, a lot of impressive stuff from. I I don't I, I can we stop talking about the Dodgers? I don't. <laughs> let's just move on Here's to who we're thing. picking. Yeah. If so, they'll never they'll never do it because they've like literally one of the best regular season teams of all time this year. But they've had what is this? Maybe their ninth or tenth year, if not more, of this like legitimate success in the regular season. And they only have one World Series to show for it. Like, if they don't do it this year, at what point? Like, would they ever put Dave Roberts on the hot seat? No. No. You got to be patient. But yeah, there's, be there's patient. no reason they've, to panic, They've had though. this success for 10 plus years. But, uh, who cares? Like, they, they've won a World Series. They're going to keep a going Mickey back Mouse, to them. A Mickey Mouse World Series. A, a, a Mickey Mouse World Series. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. It's It doesn't matter. They're going to keep coming. Like, there's no reason to get rid of Dave Roberts, you know? I, I, I'm not saying there is. I'm just no. proposing the question. Okay, I, I understand. But no, no one's on the hot seat. It doesn't matter. You they win proposed that question after 19 when they lost before they won the, the yeah, head. That's just a bunch of stupid fans, like, and it's just a talking point that people want to get to. There's not been a second in that Dodgers front office or organization where I, they've ever questioned agree. anything that they're doing. Uh, they're Dave, just Dave Roberts it. to and the, the thing is, it's baseball. It's <laughs> it, I, no, I love Bud Black, and it wouldn't change a thing. Uh, you know, the, the Rockies got a long way to go. That's a different topic. Um, Hey, they 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 won the last three in a row in in L.A. Start to panic in in Dodgers. You know they just beat up Urias last night. So maybe uh, maybe there is something to be worried about with the Dodgers. They're they're just lucky they don't have to see the purple in the playoffs this year. <laughs> the Rock Show. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers will consistently be be good over and over and over again, and uh, they'll win some more World Series. It's, you know, I don't want to watch them do it, but it's gonna happen. They're they're just I, that's when as a Rockies fan. Uh, we don't need to talk about the Rockies very much, trust me. But it's almost demoralizing is the fact that like even when I know that like we put together this really good team and we have really good years, is that the Dodgers are still always going to be there. Right. And 
they're always going to be dominant and it's like, all right, well, we're kind of always playing for, you know, second fiddle in the National well, League West. Not only second fiddle, but you have all these other teams that probably feel the same way in the West, like the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks. Who are, the Giants are always going to put together have, a series. haven't been as bad as they have been, but they're still miles behind the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Even the Padres are miles behind the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And the Diamondbacks, you know, the Diamondbacks go through, you know, ups and downs, but they, they do go through consistent, like right. it's, it's up and down, but it's consistent. Right. You know, they've, like, they were good in the late two, like, 2000s to 2010 and then they you know they were really good again in you know 2017 2018 so then you know those are good teams let's just go through we're, we're running out of time here uh let's just go through series by series you know tampa or cleveland tampa we said that yet yeah. both have tampa seattle or toronto i want to take seattle i know i really want to then do it do it come on at least it's then do it i'm gonna pressure you into doing it i'll take Seattle. Okay, I'm doing Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, Pushing we're probably in agreement that they're ne- neither team is beating Houston. No. I, yeah. Okay. Houston's winning the next round. Well, let's just do all the AL first. All so right. then we both have Tampa versus New York. Tell me not to take Tampa. No. Are you taking Tampa? <laughs> I think it'd be a colossal failure if New York didn't win the DS. <laughs> it'd be really funny. I think well, that they. I think that they I'll, get through though. I, I will also take the Yankees. Yeah. I think they get through. We're gonna have the same thing here. The AL cut and dry to me. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And that was different. Like, I thought last year the NL was more cut and dry. Right. Um, and turned out not to Well, be. obviously, I thought whoever won the San Francisco right. Dodgers series was going to win the World Series, whatever. This year, yeah, I think it's Houston's AL to absolutely lose. So we both have Houston over Yankees, or you have Houston over Rays? I have what do you do? Houston over the Yankees. Okay, so and we both do. I think they win comfortably. Okay. Okay, I, I think I, they win I in like six. It, yeah, I just want another like Yankee heartbreak. Yeah, I want like a walk off home run. Yeah, yeah, off like a Roldis Chapman if he's somehow on the roster. St. Louis and Philadelphia. St. Louis. We both said St. Louis. Yeah, San Diego and New York. If this was a five game series, it'd be easy for me. To, yeah, but I th- I think San Diego has a puncher's chance. I just think. It's How too do you hard go against the Grom and, and two games and Edwin Diaz? So I'll yeah. take I'll take the Mets. Yeah, I got the Mets too. St. Louis and Atlanta. Atlanta in three. I think I don't know I don't know how the Cardinals can beat them. Maybe they maybe take one. Well, they did. They they beat Atlanta a few years ago in the playoffs. Well, that was a long time ago in and baseball was, years. Yeah, in your opinion, Mickey Mouse, I guess. No, that was, was that that was before that. That was twenty nineteen. You're right. Because then they then they went to there. the Cardinals won and then they went to DC and got swept in the CS. You know what? You're right. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I have Atlanta over St. Louis too. I think St. Louis at least takes one or two games. I, I do think they're built for success, but Atlanta's just so good. I think the Cardinals need they need more help out of the bullpen. Yeah, because I mean, what we'll happens see. like what happens when Jordan Montgomery goes out there in game one or two, and maybe goes five innings of two or three run ball, and then how do you get to the ninth inning? And it gets harder because you get Gallegos and like I I used to like Cabrera more, but. I guess you got Palante and I don't know. Right. Uh, it's it, it healthily creates a big hole in the back end there, especially right. when I don't trust their starting. I, there's no one in their starting rotation I think, that I really, really trust. Do you don't tr- I don't trust any of those guys to go like into the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. And no, no, not at all. Maybe Montgomery just because the way he pitches depends which which right. type of Montgomery. But he's a guy that for him to be effective, I mean, he can't miss. You know, right. he's got to be right on the edges the whole time, which a lot of times he does. Right. But 
I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I, I mean, I have the Braves too. Some of it, you know, lies on like, we'll see if Spencer Strider comes back and also just see how he throws if he does get a pitch in the pitch, like in the postseason. Just he's been he's probably one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's going to win this. I mean, not the year. He's going to win him the rookie of the year. It's going to be him or another brave Michael Harris. It's going to be, it's going to be Strider. It's just incredible. They're going to have like the two leaders for rookie of the year. They're going to have Max Fried's going to get Cy Young votes. Like, and they've won 100. Right. Games. <laughs> it's just. So stupid, but at least like they're likable. Like, like they are like likeable. talking about the Dodgers. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Dodgers Mets. Well, yeah, you you picked the match. Yeah, Dodgers uh, Mets. We talked about this, but if this were set up as a one one game wild card, the Mets would be set up so much better. But they're but it's not. So I think for that reason, you have to take the Dodgers. Yeah, this is where I was like, all right, you do it. Take the Mets. I'm taking the Mets, and part of me. Like in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, the Dodgers gonna win, but I want the Mets to win. I think they could do it, partly because they they're somehow like in their locker room. I don't know what goes on, but and it is kind of uh, if you guys are, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this. Uh, if you're somewhat familiar with Webster baseball, uh, Jordan and I are both <laughs> on the Webster baseball team. And a couple years ago, we had a pitcher named Matt Mulhern who pitched like a .8 ERA of the year, one D3 National Pitcher of the Year. And as an offense, you don't say this before going into the game, but, you know, if we would score a run early, we'd be up one nothing. we'd be like, all right, we, can, we won the game. Right. You know, like it's over um, because Matt's not going to give up a run. And I think it, it's an, kind of an unsaid thing. You don't obviously say that, but I think that's kind of a little bit of what the Mets do when DeGrom and Scherzer pitch and they're kind of like, all right, you know, they're on the mound. We right. won. We don't have to provide a ton of offense today. Um, right. Which they they need to start doing, but when they don't, I think a lot of their guys they do step up, and that's why they were so successful when Degrom and Scherzer weren't on the mound this year. Um, so even though I think that they're at that disadvantage, uh, I do think that the Dodgers will probably win the series. But I'm going with the Mets. I think they can do it. Uh, my heart's with them. I like I like the Mets. I like the Mets to, and he, to and move if, into the NLCS. If they steal one of those two first two in LA, then the pressure is really on the Dodgers. Because you then have, yeah, and even though those starting pitchers for the Dodgers have been really good this year, they also don't have a ton of experience. What in the did playoffs. we talked about? I mean, we're going to see either Degrom or Scherzer. It's probably going to be Degrom game one, right? They'll they'll be able to go one two Degrom Scherzer probably when the Mets in 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 game one and two if they make it. Because they'll go, think, they'll go to Grom Friday. Gonna, you think Scherzer's going to come back from he's so game Saturday, 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 and then Wednesday? Wednesday? That's three days rest. That's that's four. Three. Well, three. It's one day short. It's short rest. Right. I mean, it's one day short rest. It's the playoffs. It's Max Scherzer. I know. Do you think the Grom's going to do that? That's what I don't know. That's what that we that's those conversation we had earlier. Right. I don't know. So that's what I I actually liked your point that you made earlier. Scherzer game one. Yeah, or even go. Yeah, Scherzer game one, and let's see if you can flip them around for game five. Because like we said, you have two dominant pitchers going into L.A. If you do that, DeGrom and Scherzer. Um, All you got to do is steal one of those games in L.A. You just got to steal one of those games. And next thing you know, if it if you you know split at home, you're going back to L.A. and you got right. either DeGrom or Scherzer on the mound. And you have a distinct advantage in yeah. game five on exactly. the mound. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's definitely a, re- a way. Like, There's definitely a path to do it. Yeah. I, I just don't... I. I want it to happen too, but I don't. I just don't know how a 110 win team who might win 111 after today will get bounced in the DS. I don't either, yeah, but it's not fun when you and I just <laughs> pick the right, Yankees, right. Astros, Braves, and Mets. That'd be Dodgers, right? Um, we've, but I, like, we've done this for four years and picked like the same four teams every year. I know, but even it's like even like sometimes when you and I have a surprise team, it ends up just being like the same team, right? Like it's like all right, you know, what, I'm going to mix it up here. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the Mets. 
And then I'm actually going to take the Mets over the Braves in the NLCS too. Wow. I think the pitching, I think they have the roster to do it. It all, it's all about coming together at the right time. And obviously they, they haven't really done that down the stretch, but I think if there is a roster that in this, in the NL that could take out the Braves and the Dodgers and make it that far, I think it would be the Mets. I think the, I think the Cardinals are a close second to that, but I think the Mets are, you know, distinctly the third best team in the, in the National League, and they're right there with the Braves. Obviously, they have been all year, and I think their pitching is just so upside. I think they make it to. I think they can make it to the World Series, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the Astros Mets World Series. Wow. Yeah, Braves Dodgers. Who you coming? So I got a rematch of last year's CS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm going to go the opposite way this year and take the. This Dodgers. is the last two years. They've been the Braves and Dodgers have been in the NLCS the last two years. You're right because they were 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take the Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers in seven. Okay, that that would be an awesome series because of the home field. Did the Dodgers have home field last year? They they had to have. They no, had. no, they didn't because they, oh, they were the uh, wild card. They, they lost the, the wild division. card. Yeah. They lost the division, even though they had like they had the many second more best. They had the, the second best record in the NL. Right. Yeah, uh, so they'll have home field this year, and I think I like them to take it. And then I like a rematch of the 2017 World Series with Houston, and I like. I like the same result as 2017, <laughs> and I like the Astros winning again. I got the Astros in six games over the New York Mets. So yeah, somehow we. But I mean, it's not. I want. I we did, my we ideal did thing, man. It's the Astros, and they're really good. My so. my ideal World Series is Houston going to Los Angeles Game Seven. Carlos Correa sitting behind home plate, <laughs> watching the game next to Marlon Man. Correct, and they both duke it out. And the Astros win. Okay, I think ideal World Series <laughs> that like would see something I would want to watch. I would love to see Yankees Mets. That would be awesome. I said that. I guess so that'd be my ideal World Series. I would also like to see like Toronto St. Louis. Yeah, uh, just because I think Toronto's so exciting, and if they put it together, they can make a run at it. Honestly, out of all the teams in the AL, not named the Astros, if I had to pick a team to make the World Series, I'd probably pick the Blue Jays, but the issue is that they have to play the Astros in the second right. round if they If, if they, they play yeah. the Yankees, I'd take them to win that series. Yeah, and then like I'd give them a run in a seven-game set against right. the Astros because I think the Blue Jays are you know, really, really, really good. Right. They're depthy, you know, they have, and their lineups just could start going I off, hate so. myself for taking the two best teams, but like... I'd, but hey, we talked about this in our last podcast. You got to make what you think is right. 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 And even though I... Like, what am I going to pick, the Mariners and the Phillies? Exactly, right? I mean, maybe. Let's see. <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that would I, honestly, that would be such a lame World Series. I'm sorry. Like, it would be like so... Because you want one of the great teams in the World Series. Like, right. It's fun seeing an underdog, but you want one of the main You want teams. the best and baseball at the end exactly. of the year. Exactly. And if you, if you do have an underdog, you want them going up against the big team to make it feel like a real right. underdog story. Um, David so, and Goliath. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm going to take the Astros over the Mets in six games. So we both have the Astros. Yeah. But this is the Astros' year, right? Everyone kind of... I think Dust, I think it's Dusty's year. I think he's riding off into the sunset. Dusty's year. Every, like, no one wants to pick the Astros. So, like, uh, like, no one wants the Astros to win because everyone hates the Astros. And everyone says that they're, you know, they've this would be their sixth straight ALCS. And everyone credits them as being... They only talk about them as being a cheater when this is... When you look at, obviously, they haven't... You consider Dynasties World Series champions, right? But if you... I mean, there's... They're as close them, to a Dynasty as, as it could be. They've been... Uh, if, they, if they beat 
Toronto or Seattle in that five-game series. They left on to six consecutive ALCSs. Right. That's absurd. That's absurd. That's not what's supposed to happen like, at all. Especially when you have like the Yankees who have so many world championships. Like You would think they'd... I mean, I guess they can make it to the CS2, but you would think that they would knock the Astros off one of these years. Yep, and the Red Sox have been good for right. you. Like, they've had some good years. The Blue Jays have had some good years. The Rays have had right. some good years. Uh, there's all these, The A's have been, like in their own division, the A's have had a couple years during that right. stretch where they've been really good. I mean, they have benefited from the Angels, the Rangers, and the Mariners being bad for a while. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. They still, When it comes down to playoff baseball, they've they've done it. Even that year when they were below 500 in 2020, your Mickey Mouse year, uh, they still you know put it together and almost went to the World Series again. Right. So, I mean, that team, I don't know. This is their year. It's the Astros' year. They're proving that they can do it without cheating. Agreed. Astros-Mets, and you got Astros-Dodgers. But uh, that's all we got for you guys. You know, this was probably the longest episode we've ever done. It certainly probably <laughs> is. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been Smack Talk. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you guys should really help us out by uh, subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and following us on Twitter at WU underscore S-M-A-A-C and on Instagram at WU Sports Club. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This podcast should come out Thursday. Oh, wow. We're getting it out tomorrow. <laughs> hot Allison off the press. Yes, hot on the press. Wow. Uh, well, even better. We get it right before the playoffs get to start. Yeah. So uh, this is awesome. You know, this is the first time we've really, you know, had this, like we said, this long of an episode. But, right. I, you know, there's a lot to talk about this year. Like we said, historic year in baseball. Yep. We had to talk about that. So, yep. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time.